it to your chapter and you owe it to your members to keep everyone engaged. The little tiny pieces are what's going to make the bigger impact and, and help people to start. You're listening to the Teak Nation podcast with Donnie Aldrich, where we strive to educate, inspire, and entertain you with tips and lessons from frauders and friends of TKE. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Teak Nation podcast. My name is Donnie Aldrich, your host, and excited to have two guests today. First, Zachary Scott, who is our Director of Growth, as well as Alex Baker, who's our Chief Information Officer. And in addition to sharing this on our traditional platform of the Teak Nation podcast that you can download wherever you find your favorite podcasts, you can also find this on our YouTube channel, Teak's YouTube channel. Please become a subscriber and not only watch this episode, but watch a new, numerous amount of videos that we have produced over the last six to eight weeks to benefit you, to benefit our collegiate members. And if you're an alumni member out there who's wanting to get engaged, we have a lot of resources there as well. And you can connect with our, with our team at teak.org staff. This episode is primarily talking about the future and looking from this point at the end of the fiscal year, Teak's traditional fiscal year ends on June 1. From June 1, until the fall semester begins. We expect that this is gonna be a fall semester unlike any other that we have seen. And while many might see that as, as a dark storm cloud, we see that as nothing but opportunity. Uh, that's, that's not being overly positive, that's simply looking at the circumstances and, and the hand that the entire world has been dealt and what can we do to make the best of that situation? How can we elevate our organization? How can we elevate the resources and the innovation that we put forward toward our membership how can we ensure that, that we're delivering more than we ever have before and being a premier organization out there in the Greek world that really impacts our campuses, our communities, and our world? With that, I want to start with you, Alex, and, and thrilled to have you join, join the Teak Nation podcast as a guest of this program because so many times you're behind the scenes and doing a lot of great work to, to bring it to fruition along with our team of TJ Morgan and Garrett Thomas. Can you talk about the tools, the resources, the pieces that have been built over the last 60 days? And then we'll talk a little bit about the future, but the last 60 days, things that have been built that our members can go uh, and check out and, and digest. Yeah, thank you. I'm very excited. Uh, we talked before the, the podcast, before we started recording here. So very excited to be, be a part of this. Um, Teak is really, we have taken it, uh, our content production to a, really a whole new level that, that we've ever produced. So our, our primary hub for everything is teak.org slash coronavirus. Um, we're constantly updating that site with new FAQs and uh, links and, and content for you to, to answer a lot of the questions that you, you might have. Um, each week we've been producing a CEO address um, on Sundays that we've released that on Instagram, YouTube, and our Facebook. Um, our YouTube channel is, is youtube.com slash teakhq. Um, and you can find all of those videos, the CEO weekly addresses there. Um, in addition, on Wednesdays, we are releasing new, new video, educational video content. We've got stuff like officer training videos, how to do uh, digital elections, a, a ton of stuff on recruitment, our fall recruitment, um, ways to get prepared, do officer transitions, et cetera. There's, there's a ton of content. Again, that, that is up on our YouTube channel. We're also hosting that stuff on our e-learning portal, which is edu.tke.org. Um, that's where collegiates go to complete their e-compliance, but we've started bolstering that content astronomically and putting um, some training for new members, uh, new member ed, for general member education, some St. Jude stuff, as well as all of the specific content that we've been releasing. So um, I, I saw a stat um, on our YouTube uh, recently, over 7,400 minutes have been watched of YouTube content already thus far. And so we're very, very excited about that. And we've got new videos, like I said, coming out every Wednesday as well. Thank you for that, Alex. And, and we encourage members as, as they go and consume the the work that has been done by the professional staff and volunteers and guests that, that have been brought on to some of those episodes and, and videos that have been produced. We encourage you to continue to give us feedback. Let us know the things that you're liking. Let us know the areas where you'd like to see us tackle a subject that we possibly haven't before or, or discussions that we can have offline. However, we can be helpful. We, we want to know about that. And obviously your, your feedback is critical to making that happen. 
Donnie too as well. One thing that's that's very interesting is we've had a couple volunteers as well submit content. Um, Brian Duffy, we did a great interview with him about uh, home cooking, and then Matt Gallo, who has a, a gym up in New York City, um, has done a, a health and wellness video for us as well. So if there's alumni that that have content and, and are interested, we'd love to host that stuff as well. So happy to happy to work with you. Absolutely. We've, we've utilized our staff resources, I believe, efficiently through this time, but we've got other, other folks who can share experiences and highlight. And, and uh, I know for our, our members, they like hearing from a variety of folks. So if, you, if you're someone who has that skill set, is comfortable working with our team and sharing a message out to Teak Nation, we'd love to hear from you and consider if that's an option that fits into this communications plan, because they have been so valuable to the experiences we've been able to put forward. Zach, I know you've you've been on previous uh, Teak Nation podcast episodes. Besides me, you've been on this thing about as much as anybody. And so sharing some of those experiences, even during the last 60 days, as well as we look towards the future, you are, you are the guy all on growth. So what are your thoughts? What are your uh, prospects for growth as we go into summer and fall, understanding COVID-19 and, and the position that it's put the academic world in? What are your prospects for the summer and fall? Yeah, I think the, the most important piece that's even carried through this, this end of the spring is if we're taking online courses now and maybe we're a quarter school so our exams aren't going on yet, um, or if we're taking summer online courses, it's important to find ways to continue to build new relationships. Um, I think that's something that maybe some people lost sight of, right, as soon as the quarantine started. But after a couple of weeks, maybe even three weeks of figuring things out, that's when it's that prime opportunity to find ways to build relationships, form study groups in those courses. And again, this can be stuff that you utilize not even during quarantine, but maybe years from now, if someone's looking at this video and they're in an online course, how can I form a study group? I think that's a major piece of any online education is finding ways to adhere to a normal or more normal schedule. Um, I think that's one of the more challenging aspects that a lot of students who weren't prepared for online courses at all are now having have, have figured out or have learned themselves um, is try and keep it as normal as possible. And it's the same way with recruitment. How can we still find ways to connect with people? How can we utilize the situation to our benefit? Um, and the simple way of just sending out an email or on Blackboard or Canvas or whatever your university uses to the other students in your class of, hey, I'm organizing a group. I would love to, to see what your thoughts are. I'm not really understanding this topic. And that's why I'm kind of organizing a study group for this upcoming exam or this group project or whatever it may be. And that's an easier, in some cases, an easier way for people who maybe are more introverted. And you can find a way to take this opportunity and turn it to your advantage. Um, so I think that's one of the challenging pieces. I think one of the other more challenging pieces as we move forward is figuring out what does move-in look like? What does summer orientation look like? What does that future look like? Um, and it's important that we take advantage of our university and all the information that they're currently sharing out right now and keep your ear to the ground, right? Find out what's going on. If you know someone who works in the, the administration office as an intern or whatever it may be, right? Or if you have a close relationship with an academic advisor, ask people what the, the latest word is. So that way we can stay on top of these things. If IFC is looking for row Kai's or recruitment chair helps, um, reach out and, and see if those are available. I know Minnesota State Mankato had reached out and said, nobody volunteered to be a Rokai at, at their campus to help with IFC. And I told them that's a, an amazing opportunity for Teak to jump in, right? Not only can you help your own chapter with recruitment, but you can help every other chapter by practicing those recruitment skills as we move forward. So find those opportunities and take advantage of them. They're certainly, it is a new landscape, so to speak, but at the same time, it's still a lot of the things that we maybe didn't take advantage of and we should have, now we're being forced to. And I think that's the awesome silver lining to all of this. Social media presence is more important now than it ever was before. Um, in some cases, figuring out what your kind of brand is um, digitally is, is extremely important because that might be the only thing that people can associate with your name for the next few months and maybe even into the fall semester. We have, we have no idea. Um, but again, it's important to stay as informed as possible. Keep your ear to the grindstone and the, and the floor to, to see what's coming along that, that path from your university and always stay updated. Talk to your regional directors and ARDs, the expansion and growth team to see what's coming up as well from us. I love that. And I want to, I want to get the thoughts from both of you on mindset, because I think mindset is absolute premium as we go into the summer and fall and what we're going to do 
as we prepare for for the for what our new normal reality is. Uh, you know, we have the new what I have heard called the new now, which is this current landscape, but there will be a new normal coming, which will be a blend between the world as we knew it before and the shifts that are made after any crisis we've ever had from 9-11 to world wars to pandemics in the past, right? The world adjusts, it, it shifts in certain ways, it becomes more efficient in certain ways, and there are certain areas of life that we knew before that unfortunately, or in sometimes fortunately, shift and, and make dynamic moves. I think uh, when, we, when we talk about excitement, when we talk about innovation, creativity, I know that's a word we've used a lot inside the building talking about uh, how we evolve as an organization, you know, balancing that between uh, understanding in this COVID-19 pandemic, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of unfortunately people who have passed away and, and financially so many people around the world, especially as we know that the statistics in America, 30 million people unemployed right now uh, who have filed unemployment, there's a lot of challenges on that front and, and in no way do we want to discount that. It's simply understanding that is the reality of where the situation is. What can we do with the situation to enhance our ability to impact men, women, communities that we're a part of, the campuses? I, just to start the conversation, the thing that I look at is so many times when when students come to campus, they immediately get framed into what are, A, what are fraternities like? And B, what are certain organizations like, right? If you run, they run into the wrong person who doesn't have a positive opinion of, of me or Zach or, or Alex, they might completely frame what that person's, what they think the reality is of dealing with any of us. Same with, with TKE. They might frame, oh, that's a horrible organization. You don't ever want to go, in, integrate with them at all. When it could be one person who had a horrible experience or maybe caught somebody on a bad day and they were, uh, short with them and that was their experience because they had letters on of that's what all teaks are like and we've all seen that throughout uh, throughout our collegiate days and after and how folks frame for us but I see this as a great opportunity where we get to, to lay out and dictate the terms of how people see our organization we get to be on a more level playing field if you're a if you're a group that possibly doesn't have a chapter property and there are other other groups on your campus that do have a chapter property maybe it's it's nicer and, and larger well it's very unlikely that we're going to have orientation where large herds of students are going to be walking through chapter properties one after another, and that's going to dictate how and maybe lean where they decide to join the Greek organization or which one they decide to join, right? We, we, we're going to be on more of a level playing field. And you got to remember that on the opposite end. If, we're a, if you're at USC, Southern Cal, right, they have two chapter properties that are phenomenal. You're not going to have that advantage anymore. So how are you going to innovate? What are the things you're going to do to make yourself stand out? Because people join people. You've heard sure Zach say that, me say that, Nick Kimball, others from our team who have, who have been on numerous uh, educational programs and podcasts and videos, right? People join people. So what are you going to do to put yourself in a position in your in terms of your mindset to prepare for how we're going to communicate, how we're going to interact, how we're going to engage both with the university as well as with our students? Can you talk, uh, Alex, especially using the technology tools, and you know, some, you know them better than anybody else, ways that we can use our mindset as well as technology to be able to, to complete that outreach in a, in a functional way, in an efficient way, to bring in as many people as possible, but to set the level for what we want to be as an entity. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, for me, it's about being creative. And, and I know, um, Donnie, you've referenced a lot of times the social distancing that we're doing uh, really is just physical distancing. And I think what we've seen over the last 60 plus days is, is people are itching to be connected. We're seeing alumni wanting to get re-engaged with the fraternity that they've forgotten about because it's, it was so important and impactful uh, for their life for so many years, but then you know, other life got in the way. And so our collegiates should be using this opportunity to start re-engaging with your alumni. There's, you know, there are very creative ways to go about doing this. We're doing um, through myteak.org, you can actually go and uh, put in your big and little, for example. So maybe your chapter history, your initial reach out is about re-engaging to try to build a family tree for your chapter, right? That's a simple ask, but it can get people to start thinking again about the fraternity in a very different way. My home chapter did a, um, a Zoom call uh, yesterday, I believe where they 
invited all of our alumni um, to, to come in, reconnect with the chapter, and we had scroll number two on the chapter. I'm scroll 20, right, so I'm one of the old guys from that group. Um, there, we've got about 350 or so in the chapter initiated now. Uh, but that's re-engaging guys that haven't thought about the fraternity for a decade, um, all because the collegiates are, were reaching out in, the, in a very different way. So um, if you need contact information, you can reach out to us here at the headquarters. We've got lists and contact info for every one of our chapters and our members. Uh, we'd be happy to share that with you for, for your individual chapter or alumni association. Utilizing that MyTeek is great as well. Um, we offer free chapter websites. If you don't have, uh, Zach talked about branding and marketing and image, we can provide you a free website. Um, you just uh, send us an email. We purchase the domain completely free. Takes us about an hour to set up and, and you can log in and maintain that. So there's, there are a ton of ways, but, but really it's about uh, rethinking um, how, how to engage with people and don't go in asking for money the first time. That's, our alumni are just, they haven't heard from you for 20 years. Asking them for money is not the first thing you should be doing. Provide value, show them, talk about what you guys are doing, talk about the challenges you're having, talk about ways you can get them re-engaged. Identifying people, we, we talk about a lot at the headquarters in decades, you know, so my chapter, for example, is about 15 years old, but there are chapters like Alpha, right, who have been around 100 plus years. Uh, you know, find a guy from the 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s, right, as that key person and have them start doing some of the work for you too. You got to build that network of, of people. Zach, talk about the difference. In, in typical years, I feel like our collegiate members, especially, the focus is on recruitment for new members who are coming onto campus. This summer, I believe, we've got to really hone in and focus on recruitment of not only new members who are going to be coming onto campus, but also our current members, given the circumstances and how physically separated everybody is. Can you talk about that balance between recruitment of current and future members? Yeah, I think uh, the recruitment of the current membership is probably more important right now because we aren't sure, right, what that recruitment is going to look like in the fall semester or over the summertime. Um, and if we haven't already started working on that, right, we might already be in a disadvantage. And so what can we do to keep those members that we've already worked hard over the last few years to bring in? It's a game that we need to be playing regardless of coronavirus, right, and retaining all those members. All those members. I think one of the easy ways, right, um, Baker talked about the Upsilon IOTA IUPUI teaks doing their, their Zoom call. I was talking to Ellis, the Preakness over there, on Friday, and we talked about what are ways that we're engaging people, right, whether it's as simple as playing Call of Duty at night or getting on a Zoom call and, and doing a happy hour with the seniors or doing an educational check-in on the younger guys or the sophomores, um, whatever it may be. What are we doing to, to retain those guys who are the, going into the junior or senior year, right? How are we appealing to one another and keeping people engaged? It's just as important for the guys who just crossed and just were initiated and maybe three weeks ago, four weeks ago, whenever quarantine just started, all the way to the guys who were initiated three years ago. And I think one of the, the simple ways, again, is setting up these Zoom calls, setting up uh, times for you guys to go on Google Hangout or go on to your gaming system or getting phone calls set up, whatever it may be, it's starting there. And then maybe as you kind of figure out what works for people, what days and times work, retooling that to be a little bit more specific, um, finding ways to, to check in on people, forming those study groups. Again, that's extremely important because I don't think that many of the students that we find in that undergraduate timeframe we're expecting to have to take online courses. And most of the guys I've talked to have found it more stressful and more painful than, than usual because they're not used to it. You never signed up for that. You sign up for in-person classes. And how can we do a great job of checking in on those members? Remember that academic side of it. We went to the university to get our college degree and then we happened to find this amazing organization to facilitate our success. Well, how are you facilitating their success during this trying time? Not just that social fun side of the Zoom calls, but how can we form something that academically influences us in a positive manner? I think all of these aspects are extremely important in that membership retention, because if a guy can't keep his GPA up, it doesn't matter whether he's still engaged with the chapter, he might not have a chance to come back in the fall semester. Um, so how can we, we take that opportunity that's in front of us again, see this as an opportunity, not as necessarily as the barrier that it, it, it looks like on the superficial side, 
what can we be doing? And the, the limits are, are endless. Some of the stuff that I'm mentioning, there are other groups out there that are doing completely other things, whether it's forming St. Jude fundraisers, like the Epsilon Omicron chapter at University of Houston, spending an entire week raising money, uh, just amazing opportunities out there for guys to stay connected to the fraternity and to one another. I think that's the important part, stay connected to one another, um, because that's what the fraternity is all about. Without us, it's meaningless. Um, so find those different ways, find something maybe that I haven't even mentioned or things that you've seen other chapters um, do. Drop in the comments, please, um, and see what's out there. What are the opportunities in front of you? To me, building a routine is going to be absolutely vital to, to the future. You've probably, if anyone's been watching through quarantine, right, what's one of the number one things they tell you you got to do? You got to build a routine. Otherwise, days all seem the same, and, and it's very quick. Uh, I have found it to be very quick. If you're not focused and, and driven through your list and things you want to accomplish, you can look up. I was, Alex and I were talking the other day. I feel like you look up and it's three o'clock already, right, in a day, and, and it's starting to fade away, and it's almost dinner time that you get into routine, especially if you have uh, small children like Alex and I do. So uh, that routine is, is absolutely mission critical. The other piece, as we as we go into the summer, and in, in something that uh, I have seen be a phenomenal aspect of the of TKE is how we can engage those seniors. Uh, in, into being members of the fraternity for life, the, those that are graduating class of 2020 right now, uh, and ensuring that um, they can start to set a standard. You know, there's a lot of folks that we're doing the work of going back and recruiting, right, back in the organization, getting engaged, getting involved through this time. It's a lot easier to set, set the table for those guys uh, in the class of 2020 for this is going to be how we operate moving forward as an organization, as a chapter, a colony, in, in how our seniors act and, and the ways that they stay connected post-graduation. Alex, can you talk about, uh, in shifting a little bit, can you talk about, you are the, the president of the Fraternal Communications Association and you have your finger on the pulse with a lot of other organizations in, in the Greek world. What they see as we go into summer and fall as the future, uh, maybe areas that they might be considering making investments, shifts that they're making in terms of their operational model, what are, what are the, some of the inside information you're hearing on the ground? Yeah, so it, it seems like a lot of groups are um, doing are supposed to do conventions rather this summer, um, and, and a lot of them are moving to a very virtual model, um, which, is, which is very interesting to watch, right? Major organizations that have elections every year or every two years are either postponing for two years, shifting a year, going from they were in uh, an even year like this year, right? Then maybe they, they start their cycle now in an odd year. So that, that's been very interesting. Uh, travel for the professional staffs are gonna be uh, significantly re reduced. But in turn, I think chapters across uh, Teak Nation and other fraternities and sororities are actually getting more connected and more uh, reach outs because uh, staffs aren't spending hours and hours and hours driving and traveling and days you know, and, and all this time in hotels, right? They can, they can do, they can hit 15 chapters in a day, right? By doing 30 minute check-ins with, with groups um, on a regular basis. And, and so I would expect, and, and I know we're shifting to this model as well is to, to reduce the in-person interactions and, and really being able to connect more virtually. Um, you know, some we're doing for our seniors, some, some great stuff where we've done uh, province level town halls. We're doing uh, virtual fraternity for life rituals and and we have just also completed the the first teak nation uh, commencement which was virtual um, which is a, a fantastic idea that we had to to really honor and engage these seniors and and show them that the fraternity is is really much more than the four years three years two years eight years you're in college right it is it it's the fraternity for life and and you can get so much more out of the fraternity for the 30, 40, 50, 60 years after college than you just get in the two or three or four or six years during college. Absolutely. And when we talk about areas that we're excited about, again, I, I think putting it in perspective, that's one of the areas through this pandemic that we're excited about is the connection points in, in areas. I think it's a, a fair thought that people have, why didn't we do some of these things before? We, we didn't. But here's the, here's the great thing. We, we're utilizing this opportunity to make the most out of it, to analyze every single area. What's something new that we could do that we haven't done before? I will share as well internally. And we have brainstorming sessions once a week where we bring in 
members of our senior management team. Uh, we're, we're starting to bring in other key members of our team to just have discussions for 90 minutes once a week. What, what's something else we could do? What's another area that we, that we could make shifts in to bring more value? Uh, how can we get some of our alumni members re-engaged? How can we, a lot of these senior ideas, right? You're talking about things that we've done from from the, the senior town halls, as well as the, the, the virtual fraternity for life ceremony, the virtual commencement ceremony. Those were ideas we sat and had discussions and kicked ideas around that, that eventually became those thoughts. And I can't imagine as we continue to do that, what more can be accomplished. And so the, the fact that we're not uh, running from city to city, uh, meeting to meeting has really given us a little more opportunity to be efficient with our time and, and have some of these more uh, deep engaging brainstorming sessions as well as for for a guy like Zach who really runs from group to group working with them directly and growing them he has the ability now to connect with so many groups simultaneously because of of technology and I think that's another aspect Zach if you can touch upon some of our brainstorming sessions some we're going to continue to talk about is how can we get our groups to talk peer-to-peer -peer? so a discussion we've been having internally is being able to get all of the pre-night together right on a zoom call or in a virtual education area or Chrysos, you know, pick, pick whatever it is. The Histors that talk about how they engage with our alumni, the Grammateas talk about how they communicate. There's all sorts of areas in the organization goes to volunteers as well, right? We're going to have our first ever virtual alumni volunteer academy that's going to be happening in, in June and excited about, about the ways we're going to engage with our volunteers, right? It, it, there's no limit, as you talked about, Zach, there's no limit to what we can achieve and what we can accomplish. Can you talk about that aspect, not only from the growth area and the things that you're looking to do summer, fall, but also organizationally, uh, areas that you get excited about, things we've done or things we can be doing going into 2020 slash 2021. Yeah, I think one of the first pieces, right, is if there is an upcoming uh, senior town hall, get on those videos. If there's an, up, uh, or an upcoming regional update, get on those videos. So that way you can stay in the loop. Um, but also be reaching out to whether it's the expansion and growth team for myself or Victor Casanova, reaching out to the, um, your regional director or, or associate regional director and engage them on the level of, Hey, I would love to, um, know more about how Houston raised money for St. Jude during the pandemic or how Merrimack raised money for St. Jude during the pandemic, whatever it may be that interests you, how Ellis Byrne and the IUPUI teaks are, are managing to stay connected with both the, the chapter and the alumni reach out to us so that way we can find ways to connect you. I know that we as well are going to start doing things where we can engage groups. I'm very excited to, once we, we figure out what those growth groups look like for the next semester, next fiscal year, to do something similar to what we have at, had at Conclave last year, we had all the growth groups that were in attendance in the same room to just brainstorm and, and listen to, to what each other had going on, doing something similar to that this summer. And just to, one, for groups to get to know groups that are on the other side of the country, um, groups that are in the same state that maybe they never even run into and get a feel for, okay, we're not the only group that suffers from this problem or, hey, they're a big school and they, they're in the same boat as us, whatever it may be, right? There are a lot of uh, things that I would say a lot of teat groups rhyme when you, you actually take a chance to analyze them. And most groups don't know that until they have a chance to, to actually interact with them. And so that's something that I'm looking forward to is being proactive on that regard and, and getting groups together. And I, I'm certain that we'll have members of our, our regional director and associate regional director team doing the same thing. And I think that's, again, something that we can be doing as groups is to, if you're listening to this podcast or watching this podcast, reach out to somebody, um, even if it's the Teak at OGC or OGC at Teak.org account and get somebody to, to help you organize something similar of, hey, I just want to know another T group. I want to interact with another T group in my province, whatever it may be. Um, we've got to do some of that asking as well as um, doing it from, from our side as well. So very excited. I think that's one of the real easy pieces. Yeah, that, that highlights two pieces for me that I, in transitioning to Alex, something I'd like for you to bring a little more light to. And that is first, we spent a lot of time over the last, I would say five years, really wanting to showcase humanize the staff because too many times, and I know for myself as well as a collegiate member, we didn't really know very much about the professional staff. And so it's very easy to become adversarial, to see it as a, a building or a government entity and a bunch of uh, lifeless people who don't care about anything other than the financial aspect of the organization. So it, Alex has been someone I have leaned heavily on to make sure people understand 
the Zach Scotts and the passion that he has. And, and Nick Kimball, who's moving on from our team at the end of this fiscal year. Uh, I mean, I could highlight everybody. We have 25 staffers who are working. It doesn't matter if you're someone who's in the, the accountant that we have uh, to the person who's out there traveling like Zach, helping to grow groups. Every single person cares so much about this organization and this entity. The ladies that we have that uh, some of them answer the phone, some of them run our HR department, how much they care about this organization that they would love to join it if they were, if they were allowed to, they would, I know that they would uh, because of how much it matters to them. We've got to uh, continue to, to implore all of you out there to engage with our team at teak.org slash staff. These people are only here to serve. They're not here to hinder. They're not here to, to close groups down as people have uh, many times heard me talk about uh, the two horrible lies in the fraternity. One is that the staff only wants to close groups. And uh, the second is that they only care about money. And as I always say at the programs that get to laugh is you got to pick a lie. So either if we only cared about closing groups, then we obviously couldn't care about money because the more groups we close, the less revenue that's created. And if we only cared about money, we would never close a group no matter what they did or what happened because we just want to make sure that the revenue keeps flowing. The truth is neither one of those pieces are accurate, that we look in every single situation. We don't ever want groups to close, but if there's no university support, if for some reason uh, it's not in the best interest of the organization and the, the, the way that those men are representing the brand of Talk Up Epsilon not living the values, obviously it makes sense to put a pause and to work to come back. But that investment of time and energy, Zach can tell you firsthand to come and rebuild a chapter, a group, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of manpower that fit, typically comes right back on the professional staff to have to go to that campus, build the relationships, do the presentations to get accepted, put the team on the ground, invest the money, put that person there and resources and capital, all the things that they need to do to be successful to build that group back up. That's a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of energy uh, that the fraternity has to invest. So uh, we don't want to ever have to, to make that decision, but it, it is critical in our day in and day out activities uh, that we ensure people are living up to the values and the brand of the organization. And so I know I went a little bit off topic there, but it really is, in, in my opinion, I, I want people to understand the perspective of the professional staffers and these people who give so much. I'm so blessed to work with, with you all and, and many others, just people who love the organization so much. So take advantage of the resources of those people that are happy to serve. The second piece is getting out of your Teak neighborhood. And, and Zach talked about it, engaging with people outside of your chapter. Again, something that wasn't as prevalent when when I was a collegiate member is how we obviously didn't have the social media tools but how easy it is to connect with these other collegiate members and learn from them and I love that phrase Zach that uh, chapters rhyme you know we we travel for those of us that are lucky enough to travel and engage with chapters you go to a campus and they say well you don't understand what it's like here and you have to you have to uh, bite your tongue and you have to uh, hold back a rice smile because you, you very possibly were just at another chapter a week ago, had the same exact problem. Their campus is very similar. It's not exactly the same, right? But there are areas that, that you know are symptomatic in ways that you can help to, to improve the, the, the group and, and how they function moving forward. So um, that's a phenomenal uh, lead in, Baker, when it comes to the amount of length to lead into someone speaking. But with that said, can you talk a little bit about that, how you work to highlight the staff and how critical they are for people to get help? Because as we're going through this time, I think too many folks, because they're physically distanced, feel like they don't know how to get help or they don't know where to start. So pushing them towards staff resources, as well as getting out of your Teak neighborhood and engaging in a lot of these, these events that are going on, these tools that we have and, and ways that they can uh, utilize the manpower, you know, the 250,000 people we have out there. That's what we have to do to, to shift this fraternity into what it can be. For me, I would start at teak.org. I mean, that is, that is really the hub of all of the things that we are producing. From there, you can get to our Facebook page where we're, we're posting things very, very regularly. There are a couple of Facebook groups where I reshare that content that we, we are producing on our Teak page. Um, our main, uh, Talk Kappa Epsilon page is facebook.com slash ta.kappa.epsilon.fraternity. Um, kind of a kind of long URL there, but teak.org, you can get directly to it. Our Instagram, we've been doing a lot of uh, content on Instagram, um, Instagram lives, that kind of stuff, town halls, et cetera. Uh, I very highly check, uh, recommend checking that out as well. That's teak underscore fraternity is our social account on Instagram there. Um, and we've got a presence on, on LinkedIn and, and I know we've talked about YouTube already today, but the, 
teak.org is that main central hub where you can you can find a ton of content and, and resources there. Uh, the coronavirus, we've got the schedule for each of the regions, uh, weekly Zoom calls that they're doing, plus their contact information. So uh, as Donnie talked about, we, we all are very, very passionate about the fraternity. This is, is the reason why we come to work every single day. Um, and by come to work, obviously, in this, this time, it, it means going to our computers, right, and, and not physically driving into the offices of the Grand Chapter. But the, the love of these guys for the fraternity, really, and, and women, it's just, it's throughout everything we're doing, we're making what we believe are the best decisions for the fraternity and for the future of the fraternity. So utilizing those resources is, is fantastic. Donnie, I know you've mentioned teak.org slash staff. Teak.org slash contact is another good site. We've got listings for each uh, subcategory. So you're interested in looking at starting an alumni association, who's the key contact for that stuff as well. So um, again, teak.org, that hub has a ton of information for you. Zach, as you have engaged and grown chapters, both new groups as well as current groups, you have leaned primarily, I would say, on on not just the the current members that might be there if you're if you're helping a group that's already been in existence, but uh, you really lean on alumni and and work to build those networks. Can you talk about how critical they are? Because during this time, it really is a an opportunity for us to get those folks even more in the fold than they ever were before. It doesn't necessarily have to be right in the, in the ways that you utilize them, but just the different opportunities they have to, to engage in some small way to play a big part in what we do. Yeah, I think it's as simple as just checking in on them, right? We talked about how are we checking in on one another, but just to see how they're doing, right? Especially if you're a group that has older alumni, um, knowing what coronavirus has become, right? just check in and see how, how they're going and uh, about their, their day, right? Are they able to get the things they need? Do they need any uh, like toilet paper or paper towels? If you watch any of my things, the toilet paper question is one that always comes up because you can never have enough of it. And there seems to always be a, uh, um, a lack thereof. So what can you do, even if it's just something light to check in on somebody, see what they're doing. And again, maybe that's enough for you to engage people, reach out to our office to, to pull some of the alumni contact information for your group that maybe you've never even had access to before it's out there. We can pull alumni who are in your general mile radius of your campus of you personally, wherever you may be at. Um, we just need the zip code and what, what miles you're looking for, or we can pull your full roster of, of the information that we do have. We may not have everything, but we have exactly what was given to us um, and, and make it a way to just check in on people, see what people are looking forward to doing the most once quarantine is lifted, what they're looking forward to. If they haven't been engaged in teeth, maybe share some stories about the fraternity itself and, use that that introduction right to, to bring people into the fold if, if you can um, and it's as simple as doing what you're already doing set up some phone calls set up some zoom calls introduce them to other alumni maybe this is a way for you to reach out to chris niles and our team of, of alumni directors to start an alumni association for your area or your chapter this is a huge opportunity again there's plenty of, of ability to succeed during this and you just have to look for it how can we engage as alumni, whether it's, again, not going straight for the money. I love that Baker talked about that because it's something that our groups tend to do. And it's something that a lot of us did probably even when we were undergraduates, because that's all we tend to think about. Think bigger. How can you get people's time, which is far more valuable, just to share stories, the things that they remember, and uh, to connect with other alumni and with your groups. That way you can learn a thing or two. Maybe you find out that somebody else even if it's someone who graduated in the last five years, how they dealt with handling online courses for their master's degree or for a semester of classes when they move back home. Find all these things out by just, again, reaching out and seeing how people are doing. The alumni, again, if you don't have an alumni group to, to lean on as a, as a growth group or as any group at all in Teak, now is the opportunity to cultivate that opportunity in front of you and build something that you can rely on just from a, a memory sharing and storytelling standpoint to then help you avoid maybe some of those pitfalls and, and other things that happened back in the day, even five years ago, whatever it may be. Um, so yeah, that, that's exactly what I would do. It, it, reach out to the team, get that alumni contact information, find ways to connect with people and, and just listen, see how people are doing and what you can do to help them and slowly build them into this. That way you can lean on them when, when the time is right. Well, and, and another thing too, that's, that's uh, a lot of our groups tend to get stuck in this mindset. Like we only do, a single alumni uh, uh, association event at homecoming, right? Well, 
homecomings might not actually be a thing for, for this uh, fall semester. So challenging and rethinking how you're actually engaging your alumni in a, in a different way. You know, find out those Zoom calls, the happy hours, the, you know, you've got some opportunities to, to really look at what you're doing. And if it's not getting the results you're wanting, now is the time to innovate. And now's the time to, to just try something. And if it doesn't work, well, then you, you adjust and make tweaks and, and make it better next time, right? And, and you'll see that we're doing a lot of that stuff here at the headquarters too, right? We're, that we're, we're trying stuff and tweaking and pushing. And, you know, very quickly when we release stuff, we were doing, um, we were only posting stuff on YouTube. Well, uh, now we switched to doing some, uh, some live stuff, et cetera. Um, we're doing these live podcasts, right? Uh, the, we've got to make shifts in everything we're doing. To, to try to reach our biggest audience um, of our alumni that we can. Yeah, the other piece in there before I, I shift our conversation is if you start and try new things and it doesn't go perfect the first time, that's okay. There's too many times when we have events, guys say, okay, fine, I, I listened to this podcast or I listened, I talked to Zach or I talked to, to Baker or someone else and they got me fired up. And so we tried it and only five people showed up. We've had some of that, right? We've had some of these senior town halls and four or five guys show up. We can't stop because the first time it occurs, we don't grow the audience we want. And uh, there are a number of people who Zach can probably talk about that I have no clue who they really are. Some of these folks that are stars on Instagram, and I've read some of their stories where they talk about the first time they did videos, right? Five people watch or 12 people watch, and now they get millions of hits on these videos. You have to build an audience. You have to do things consistently that people say, okay, this is a real thing. I should invest a little bit of time to check in and see what's going on with my chapter or with the fraternity overall or how I can engage with alumni in my area. So don't get too down as you dip your toe in the water. Don't get too down if it doesn't go perfect the first time. Stick with it. Continue to, to utilize our team, utilize other volunteers. We can connect you with people just to have conversations of other folks who may be trying things as well, right? So you can uh, ensure that you don't feel it's just you. There, there are many uh, groups that are trying new things and making adjustments on the fly. I wanna talk briefly about the fall semester and, and what we know right now, because we've talked a lot about how we, can, how we can do work, both the work that's been done, work we can do throughout the summer, and talking about this mysterious fall semester that I think everybody is, is trying to get their arms wrapped around and what it's gonna look like. There are things that we're starting to see on the landscape and in ways that I think we can prepare in the, the most effective ways possible. So first is there really have been four scenarios that, that we have been talking about internally that we see through uh, Chronicle of Higher Education, through a lot of, of chatter that's happening in uh, boards of regents meetings. And that the, the number one uh, scenario that you're seeing is uh, that, that campuses could start on a typical time frame. Uh, I know there are some that are planning on that. There are others that uh, might be closer to scenario two, which scenario two is that we open on October 1st and essentially condensing the academic calendar. And what you would see there is some of the, the fall breaks, the winter breaks, the, Chris, the uh, I'm sorry, spring breaks. Those could be condensed to ensure that the full academic calendar is still completed. It also probably means that commencement will be pushed back a little bit and instead of early May, it may be later May or closer to June when, when the academic year wraps up. Scenario three we're seeing is, is a virtual first half of the year and an in-person second half of the year and the unique challenges that could come with, with that experience. And the fourth scenario that we've seen discussed is the entire year being virtual. I will say from many discussions that I have seen, I know Alex as well on your end, that doesn't seem like a likely possibility at this point. You all probably, I've seen 47 of the 50 states have started to reopen in some form or fashion. I definitely don't want to get into the politics of that, but obviously there's economics that are driving that just that, and they will be driving as well on the, the university end and they know how critical it is for them to hold in-person classes, in-person events, have, have living uh, that's happening, housing that's happening, that drives a lot of revenue. And so uh, every campus will be making their own decision. But those are some of the, some of the scenarios that we have seen and, and need to prepare for. What does that mean for us? I, the, the other aspect that I've heard when it comes to classes is the possibility, let's say, Zach, you're in a class and it's Tuesdays and Thursdays, that possibly half the class will meet in person on Tuesdays 
and half of the class will meet in person on Thursdays. And so they would always have a camera and be able to, to video you in, right? So you can watch the class live for the day that you don't meet physically, but that way they can have the, the six foot of distance that CDC guidelines talk about. That's a, another reality that has been out there. Uh, as we look to, to prepare our chapters and our colonies, and this is where love to get some, some more tips and thoughts from the two of you, budgeting is, is going to be absolutely uh, important in, in the financial end. And I know whenever you start to talk about dollars, especially a person from our office, that starts to get a little bit of trepidation. But it is important because the resources both to operate the fraternity internationally, but also to operate all of our chapters. To me, and I'm speaking for myself, it doesn't make a lot of sense to, to prepare to have a large social budget. I, I don't see physical, I don't see social events happening in terms of some of the, the big events that we've had in the past, at least for the fall, possibly into the spring as well. We don't know vaccines. We don't know therapies that could be happening that could shift that into more of a reality as we knew it before. But uh, that it's a way for a lot of savings and, and determining how much of that do we trim dues and how much of that do we collect a, a portion of those dollars still and put it away to, to prepare ourselves for a future and to build up savings if, if the, the chapter is not in a position to have those before for rainy days. I mean, we talk, we've talked about that as well internally. Every organization creates rainy day funds. Well, this is a rainy day unlike any other. This is a hurricane that's happening daily. And so uh, what are ways that we can ensure we're, we're setting ourselves up for sustainability long beyond this current time? So that's one area that I think is critical as groups are building a budget. We need to build a budget simply to make sure we can continue to exist, make sure we continue to have members because there are so many families uh, that are struggling through this time and are gonna have to make critical economic decisions. And we wanna ensure we're delivering value and something that can make their son better and set them up for future success in terms of jobs, leadership, how they're gonna act in the community, type of person they're gonna be, right? All of those things, you're gonna get so much value out of that money you invest in, in TKE that it's well worth it even, uh, even during the, the challenging economic times that, that some families are going through. Zach, can you talk about as you look towards, um, as you look towards the fall and discussions you're gonna be having with groups, especially some of these, these newer groups or, or some groups that maybe they've just, they were in a challenging time, they were maybe a, a, a long-standing chapter and you've helped them to grow and get a better spot, things you're continuing to, to communicate to them to ensure they are set up for success and don't regress off the growth they've had. Yeah, I think again, it's that, that sharing of, of information in the, in the realm of, we can still find ways to, to attract people into the organization and we can still, of course, see plenty of benefit and opportunity. I think talking about the, the ways that we can improve these young men that join the fraternity and who have already joined the organization, right? ask for things like if there's something that you are dying to hear about um, when in regards to the content that we're creating digitally ask if it hasn't already been created i, I know that um we and baker can speak for himself on this i know myself i'm happy to get on anything and record anything that people are looking for if we haven't already addressed it and i think that's one one piece of the, the puzzle but finding ways to to again fill that that recruitment um the the idea of there not being any semester in the fall I think is something that we should all be mentally prepared for um, in that realm of, hey, how are we gonna continue to form study groups? How are we can continue to engage the people we met before quarantine, engage the people we have in our chapter now, um, engage other chapters to find out who is having to transfer back to where if they don't feel that they can pay for the university that they're already at and they have to go back uh, to another university that we happen to have a group at, finding ways to stay engaged. Um, there are, again, a lot of opportunities in front of us and it's looking to the broader picture of things rather than focusing on the negatives, looking at these other positives that are there. Um, finding ways to, again, storytell and, and share those experiences and prepare ourselves. If we're bringing in new members, maybe it's as simple as, this is why I chose to come to this university during orientation, to get people to accept their acceptance letters and go to the university from now until the fall semester begins, whether it's digitally or in person. Um, there's a lot that we have to, to worry about in the sense of what is it going to look like, but all of it tied together, it's the same, same sort of thing of find ways to connect with people, find ways to build relationships, find ways to sell them on who you are and what you bring to the table as an organization, and then fulfill those obligations that you've then told these people about. Nothing has changed in that regard, and I think that's what's 
beautiful about this is that you can find ways to continue to hone these skills now and moving forward. And it just gives you more time to practice, more opportunity to practice these things. If you're an introvert, I think you should be loving this because again, it might be a few emails, might be a few phone calls or text messages before you ever get even to a Zoom call and then still you're not face to face. And so take this opportunity and, and love it. I know I would have as a freshman, I didn't become the person I am immediately. It was through the fraternity and I would have enjoyed this, I think that freshman year to build relationships that way because it's easier to send a, a text or an email than it is sometimes to have that conversation in person. Now is the time to hone some of those skills. So that's, that's the way I see it. And I, I hope that groups that have questions about that will reach out because sometimes it just takes someone turning the perspective around and looking at it the other way. Um, so that's a little bit about what I see. Keep the perspective as well that, that universities are going to be looking for community builders and we can play a big role in that because so much of the, they're making tough economic decisions, right? And they're going to be making cuts. Many of them have already made cuts. And so a lot of areas that possibly uh, folks were able to have that sense of community, that sense of home, that sense of a place where they can share ideas and thoughts and grow and, uh, you know, have back and forth banter, but even be opened up to other cultures, other, other thought processes. We, we play a great role in that. We know that, but not enough people in, in outside of our universe know that. Even some folks, I would say, at the university level don't know how much the fraternity helps us in terms of living and engaging with people who have different political thoughts than you do, grew up maybe in a different economic conditions, uh, different culturally. That's the greatest thing, in my opinion, about Talk Up Epsilon is how it develops you and puts you in these, throws you in these situations to grow as a leader and as a man. And we, we still have that role to play, more so than ever, in my opinion. And since so many others might be drying up due to university or state funding, we can play a critical role there. Alex, what are your thoughts on this? You know, I, I think you're right, Donnie. The, the sense of community that fraternities provide is so valuable right now. I, we've talked about it several times on, on the podcast and your videos, right? It's, it's physical distancing, not social distancing. Um, and that, I, I think we are seeing people needing that community and we really can provide all of that. So um, the stuff we can do, the being creative, right? I talked a little bit about ago uh, about homecoming events, right? looking at things differently because uh, universities do need that community and we need to be building that uh, amongst our members, amongst our alumni, amongst new members, potentially uh, looking at all these things completely in a different light and being creative, I think is what's going to put us ahead of our competitors, uh, our, our peer organizations as well. It, it's going to build a stronger future for us. I think another piece of that is it the orientation part, right, of being able to be a part of that decision-making process for some students, whether they're still having doubts maybe of if this is the right decision for them, doing a virtual orientation and then potentially a virtual semester or even going through virtual orientation and then into an in-person semester, finding ways that we can, as TEKS, right, fill those voids and, and sign up to be these virtual orientation leaders at open door for us. Um, and continue to find ways to impact people of this is why you chose to be a student at this university and move forward. It's again, it's in your best interest for these students to, to stay enrolled at the university and to enjoy themselves just as much virtually as in person or whatever it may look like, because it allows you to then build new relationships. Um, they could end up joining a fraternity, maybe not even yours, but joining a organization. So that way they can still find value in the university experience, fill those voids if they, if they open themselves up because you can have a massive opportunity in front of you to be a, a piece of their fraternity experience, their university experience, and get them to fight um, and stay in, enrolled in that school. And we need to get to work on the planning now. If, if you have not been doing that yet, we got to get to work on planning that now, because let's say you do a great job and, and you bring in a, a phenomenal class of people who want to be engaged in this way and, and build a sense of community and they love everything that you're talking about. The next piece is we got to deliver. So what are things you're going to do to evolve and adapt in terms of how you deliver, not just new member education, but member education across the board, ways you possibly have Zoom meetings where you just talk about how school's going or, or have leadership lessons about life. Bring in, you want to talk about ways to engage alumni. Ask an alumni member to come into a Zoom and talk about what it's like to build a house or be a parent uh, or, or to buy a car or how to transition the, you know, the first two or three years out of college, right? And bring a, one of your new alumni in or 
one of these guys in the class of 2020 or graduate and say, hey, can you come on a Zoom when we start in the fall and just talk about, hey, what was the first three months like right after you graduate, right? Because those folks who are, uh, who are juniors and seniors, they're going to be tuned in pretty quickly to that, as well as the freshmen. Yeah, they might look at that and say, that's a long way away. We all know that feels like it comes in five seconds, but uh, at least it's another perspective that's starting to build that muscle of, of the habit of bringing in those folks and engaging those folks. There's so many things that we can do, but the planning has to be put together and not uh, flippantly doing that last minute and hoping that it all comes together. Got to plan, got to get things on a calendar, line out here are the ways that we want to attack this, here are the ways we want to engage our members to deliver upon the promise that we all know of the fraternity delivering value and delivering growth to us. I want to, as we have spent so much time together and grateful for the two of you, I want to prepare closing remarks here, things you can share as we go into summer and fall. We're, we're both, all three of us, uh, blessed that we get so many opportunities to speak to Teak. So luckily this isn't, you speak to Teak and this is it. Not going to hear from us again for a while, right? Uh, but a great opportunity for you to share a message going into summer and fall. Alex, I'll start with you. What are, what are things you want to share during this time and as we head into the future, just a great, again, great opportunity for us to evolve, adapt, and, and just explode this organization. Yeah, we, we need to grow our engagement of our alumni, and you can be really a vital part of that. We want to help you through that process. If you're a HISTOR or you are um, you know, a general alumnus looking to, to engage uh, people in an alumni association, et cetera, for us to continue to grow and to, to see what the strategic plan, see that through through uh, 2025, we need to grow our, our alumni being engaged in the fraternity. You know, the, I think a lot of people always think to be an engaged alumnus, you need to be an, a named volunteer. But as Zach talked about, and Donnie, you've mentioned stuff like, you can be engaged in these microcosm, these micro volunteering to, to be a mentor, to um, come up on, on a Zoom call or review resumes or or the little tiny pieces are what's going to make the bigger impact and, and help people to start with these, these little asks are, um, you know, not asking for money, but the little, the little time commitments is what's going to get us to a point where we, we have more than 2000 people involved as a volunteer that we have 5,000, 10,000, 15,000 people re-engaged in the fraternity at, at a much higher level. That's how this thing explodes and grows is, is getting a bigger audience of people helping to grow it. Zach, what, what do you see in fueling, fueling our summer and, and into the fall ways that we can just, as I said, explode our impact and, and really take off? Yeah, I would say that you owe it to your chapter and you owe it to your members to keep everyone engaged. Um, again, we don't know what the recruitment is going to look like. We need to continue to hone those skills, of course, and find new ways to, to persevere. But we cannot forget about those guys that we've already already brought into the chapter. Again, the recruitment of new members is important, but the recruitment of members we already have is the most important thing that we can be doing, especially right now. Checking in on guys to make sure that they have what they need to, to get through this time and to, to just check on them and see how they're dealing with this. Um, you'll be thankful, I believe, when you come to the fall semester and you can finally see your brothers person to person, but you have to do the work now to make, make sure that they have what they need check in on one another, watch out for each other, make sure you can persevere through this opportunity academically and find a way to, to, to benefit yourselves by just watching out for one another, fulfill those fraternal obligations. Well, Alex, Zach, I wanna thank you for your time, your perspective. It really is, in, and we've said it before on previous messages and videos, it really is a time to connect with people, send a text to someone you haven't talked to in a while, check in, even person who maybe you saw every single day on campus before or an alumni, member that you engaged with before, a chapter advisor who came around, who now obviously isn't coming around, just to check in and make sure they're okay, check in how they're doing, uh, things they're excited about, things that are going on in their life. Those little, those little moments matter to people. They matter more than you'll ever know. Just, just sending that quick text that might take you 10 seconds, what that means to someone to know that you care. And as an organization, to, to Alex's point, we have to show more and more through our engagement, through our impact, how much we care. Show it, not just talk about it, but show it. And, and the other aspects will will come in the investment and resources and, and ability to fuel our mission because our mission is, is what drives us every single day. 
to eight men and their mental moral and social development for life and we have to to really as an as an unit and that's everybody quarter million strong drive towards that and and really think about how can we be impactful for life we all you know took, made a commitment at the altar that we were going to be part of the organization to grow you know to develop our abilities and contribute them that, that we're going to be part of this thing for life how can we continue to do that and there's there's three aspects time talent treasure and we love folks who do all three and some folks they can only do one or two but simply making sure they're doing one of those three things uh, will really make an impact on our ability to drive the fraternity to what our founders vision of what it could be in this new strategic plan go to tick.org 2025 it, it highlights the vision for where we want to go over the next five years and we hope that you will all be inspired to play a role in that and reach out to our team and, and we'd be happy to connect you with ways that, that you can play a role in that. So gentlemen, thank you for, for being part of this episode of the, the Teak Nation podcast. Thank you to everybody out there. Stay safe. Please continue to, to stay engaged with us on the platforms that were discussed. And we look forward to talking to you next time.